guests. Welcome back to the Creating Eden podcast. I am your host, Eden, and today we have our first ever special guest, my beautiful partner, Mr. Florian. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Mr. Florian, apparently. <laughs> uh, my name is Florian Ziola. I am Eden's beloved, and Eden is my beloved, and I am here horizontally seated on our floor bed in our living room um yeah excited to get into it Mm -hmm. this is a very new experience for us to be sitting here doing this podcast together um before i just started hitting record uh we were just shaking and laughing and being really silly trying to get our sillies out so that we could come and be more serious and it looks like Florian is doing a better job than me at keeping a straight face right now. So what are we going to talk about? Well, uh, I was thinking about um, topics for us to cover and I think the story of how we uh, crossed paths and got to know one one another and how we got to this point in our lives, which is uh, been such a like beautiful and quick um mm-hmm. yeah powerful journey i think it's really interesting so that's that's where my mind went on yeah what i would like to dive into cool yeah let's do it um do you want to take the reins and share your perspective your experience first or do you want me to share mine yeah well, i feel like i talk on here so much so i want you to yeah, talk because yeah. everybody that listens hears my voice all the time yeah cool so yeah and feel free to jump in and put your own perspective and all of that so uh we're gonna rewind the hands of time back to a point where i was living out of my car i had built a camper van set up removed the rear seats um got a bunch of wood and made um 34 inch drawers and i had a 55 liter fridge and a power station and a bed platform and all this stuff so i was full-time living Pretty much everything that I owned was inside of this vehicle, um, including my tattoo setup. So I had a massage table mm. and like an armbar lamp and a stool and found a way to pack all of my belongings as well as like my kitchen setup um, and my adventure gear, like paddleboard and all that stuff. I found a way to pack all of that into a small Subaru Forester. Mm. Um, so I was living out of that and driving around Vancouver uh, I was also driving around um, Nelson in British Columbia, um, that's just deeper in the Rocky Mountains, and was doing tattoos uh, pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bit of backstory on me, I um, got a tattoo apprenticeship in Toronto, but um, you know the pandemic hit and that got pushed back really far and I ended up moving to the West Coast uh, to try to reset uh, my life and could not actually get another... Uh, apprenticeship on the west coast Um, i ended up getting one but they revoked the opportunity on the day that i was supposed to begin so rather than continue to apply for places um, i moved into my car and started tattooing out of my vehicle instead of waiting for those opportunities to be given to me i created that opportunity for myself and um, in doing so a friend of mine had posted online on instagram that i was passing through Um, from Vancouver to Nelson so I could make a few stops along the way to tattoo people Um, and Eden reached out to me and she's like hey like uh, my friend recommended me 
uh, to you. You're passing through. I love your work. I would love to get something from you. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, that was Aviana. And at the time, Florian was actually kind of seeing Aviana. And so she shared with me, um, oh, she got this beautiful tattoo. She's one of my best friends. And um, and I was like, oh, sweet. Like, if he's ever coming through Chilliwack, I was living in Chilliwack at the time. I was like, oh, sweet. If he ever comes through, like, I'll get one from him thinking who the hell comes to Chilliwack unless you have a reason for being in Chilliwack. Um, so I actually, I followed your tattoo Instagram account. And then I saw that you specifically specifically said, like, you're, you're go- going from Nelson. You'll be in Chilliwack and then Maple Ridge. I think you were probably going to visit Trish. Or something who's our friend who lives in maple ridge and uh yeah and so i saw that and i was like oh what are the odds what are the chances okay cool um yeah so i reached out because i had a little a little tattoo idea that i wanted which took three months for me to actually get a little spoiler alert yeah <laughs> um so i Uh, Let's just say it was like Tuesday, I was working on a client in Vancouver, tattooed him and uh, one of his friends at his place, finished, packed up all my stuff, put it in the car and started making my way like an hour and a half uh, southeast towards Chilliwack. And the next day I wake up, I was parked on like the side of the road somewhere and had everything ready, printed out the designs. and I go and I meet Eden and I'm like, okay, cool. Like lovely uh, to meet this person. And I had also like checked you out on Instagram to be like, what kind of person is this? Cause it just, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I, you know, like I can't mm-hmm. withhold my human curiosity to be like, mm-hmm. oh, who is this person? Yeah. Of course. Um, and the ways that I sh- saw you showing up on Instagram was so bubbly. You had mm-hmm. these reels that um, had like 20,000 something views where you would just show these gorgeous outfits you were wearing when you were working at the crystal store yeah and you would just be like bubbly and giggling at the camera i'm like holy crap she's like an influencer yeah uh, that's the, that's the first thing that i thought i was just like wow like she's like a one of those social media influencers who's just like bubbly and bright and it's just like wow like i'm shining like everybody look at me <laughs> and i was just so like holy cute. crap okay cool like that's a very different human than i'm used to Influencer. Um, yeah, that was at least my projection. And yeah. the day that I actually met you, um, yeah, it was really nice. And I think we kind of like skipped the small talk because we already had mm-hmm. uh, like friend connections in common. Um, so we got to get really deep on like um, our background, mm-hmm. even getting into like, you know, like childhood trauma, yeah. relational trauma, which is funny because people are like, oh, like don't, don't trauma dump or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I, I believe like with certain people, if they're truly connected, uh, to their intuition on feeling like your energy is receptive and actually mm. wanting to go in that place, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes those conversations are so beautiful and healing to just talk with somebody and just be like, wow, I immediately feel comfortable enough mm. to share these core parts of my life that have brought me pain that I've learned lessons from mm-hmm. not to just be like, ah, oh, look at all this unrepressed trauma I have, but to be like, Hey, yeah. This was my journey and this is how I came to be. And I think that that's a really important distinction to make is there's a difference between having the conversation of this is what I'm moving through right now. This is what I'm consciously working through. Um, At that time in my life, I was like neck deep in all of 
my childhood trauma, like inner child healing, um, going to therapy. And I was in the process of unconsciously uncoupling with Matthew. And I was kind of at this space where I had actually asked, um, I asked spirit, I was like, I need help getting out of this relationship because I'm never going to fully leave it on my own. Um, and I was getting super, super clear on what it was I wanted in a relationship. And the week before, to the day, the week before you showed up on my doorstep, I had written a list front and back um, of exactly what I wanted in a partner, the kind of qualities I wanted him to embody. And I was still with Matthew at the time, but I was operating from this place of I am not attached to it being Matthew and I am not attached to it not being him. Is that right? Did I say that right? I'm attached. I'm not attached. You're not to attached it. in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I was unattached to the person. What I actually was wanting, my my desire was the energy of the relationship, the energy of the person, and I kind of was at this point. I've kind of spoken about this um, in previous episodes of trying to force my partner, um, my now ex partner, into a box that he didn't fit in, and that wasn't fair. And at that time, I was just starting to release that and um, yeah, just be open to anything that was the energy that I was looking for, regardless of who the person was. Um, So yeah, that was a week to the day. And I got like super, super clear and I was feeling it in my body. I remember sitting in my room and I was just reading this list out loud and I would close my eyes and I would just feel the energy of this human being and uh yeah and then a week later you showed up at my door um and we got talking so for me I was in the space of like I don't want to small talk like that's not that doesn't feel good for me it actually is really exhausting and tiring so I was like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dive in also because I knew um your like I I knew things that um Aviana had shared with me, I knew um, that you're kind of, well, I knew that you were in alignment with that kind of conversation anyways. I also checked out your Instagram, um, your not tattoo Instagram, your personal Instagram, and uh, yeah, saw the way that you showed up and the things that you talked about. And I was like, oh, this guy will be able to receive this conversation for sure. Um, So yeah, we got to dive pretty deep right away, which was really beautiful. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, imagine, you know, her and I in her room in the basement of her parents' place. We've got the, <laughs> uh, well, I set up the massage table. I set up my station, made sure everything was, like, clean, single use. Everything was ready to go. Um, we get the stencil ready to go, put that on. You know, it's perfect. looks awesome. It's a dragonfly inside of a sacred geometry, uh, which is known as the Viridis Q, which is kind of like womb, birthing. Versus Piscus, I think. Wow, I always say it wrong. <laughs> I always say Viridis Q because there's a Daft Punk song that gets stuck in my head that has the <laughs> same name. But uh, anyways, yeah, like we get it on and we wait, you know, the five minutes um, for the stencil to settle. As that's <laughs> ready to go, I'm setting up my... Uh, machine I've got everything good and I'm like okay cool and what size needles do we need okay cool like a five round liner and a 
Okay, cool. And like a shader, got it. So I go to grab my uh, my work box that has my tattoo, my single use tattoo needles in there, and I'm like, oh shit, it's not in my <laughs> setup. Okay, maybe it's in my car. Maybe I forgot it from my last uh, client. So I go to the car, check my vehicle. I fucking like tear my car apart. <laughs> you are also looking for tape. Yeah, I was also looking for tape. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. <laughs> There's <laughs> very important. Very, it yeah. is very important. <laughs> why was it, why was that important? Because <laughs> you came in and you said good news, bad news, and stinky news, <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and you said good news. I found the tape. Bad news <laughs> is I left my tattoo needles at my previous client's house. Stinky news is your dog took a fat shit upstairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had to go upstairs and it, it was a bad one. Yeah. It was yeah. a bad one. So on top of the dog making this massive, <laughs> strong poop on the hardwood flooring, I realized that I forgot my needles at the, my previous client's house who I just worked at an hour and a half away back in the direction of Vancouver. Uh, and I was like, oh, God damn. Like, I fully set up the fully set up the station, got the stencil on. Literally, the only thing I needed to continue moving forward would have just been two different uh, needle groupings. And then I would have been ready to go. Mm -hmm. And I forgot that. So um, I took a deep breath and I was like, oh, crap. Like, this doesn't feel professional, doesn't feel good for me, I feel like I'm wasting your time, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, okay, like how do we make the best of the situation? I had the massage table out and I was like, okay, I was at this point thinking about uh, potentially adding body work to my mm -hmm. um, like portfolio. So not only offering people like tattoos if they wanted, but um, you know, massaging people. I've, I've been massaging people since I've been 16 years old. Uh, not trained in any way, uh, but I have had a lot of ex experience, like, giving, like, full-on massages to mm -hmm. people. Um, so I was like, you know what? I, this is going to sound weird. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been really lovely to get to know you, and this is the situation we're in. I would not have offered this um, any other way. So I'm like, well, I'm here. Might as well just be like, you know what? Like, let me just give you, like, a 30, 45-minute massage. Uh, for free we'll just hang out and keep talking and mm -hmm. it's something yeah. and it's it was also a way for me to kind of like build that skill set of actually using my massage table for that purpose in the future mm -hmm. um yeah so how did that feel for you when I was like oh okay yeah I kind of was just like hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> if anyone knows me personally you'll know i love getting like my back tickled i love getting massaged i love using my own lacrosse ball to massage myself um so anytime anybody offers to give me a massage or to tickle my back i'm like i yes absolutely 100 percent full body fuck yes for me um and i really appreciated how like still professional the energy was um you were very clear about um like what my boundaries were what felt good for me where it felt good for me to massage to receive um the massage and that made me feel really safe um in a way that yeah like not a lot of people had conversed with me in that way 
um, in terms of consent. So I've always kind of just been like, yeah, I'll tell you to not go there if you're going there, you know? Um, but you set like the very clear container first, which felt really great. And yeah, you, um, I, I don't remember if it was before or after, but you also guided me through a little bit of breath work. Um, and that was a really beautiful combination as well. So yeah, for me, I was like, hell yeah, give me a massage, please. Um, at this point I was like touch starved too. I was, uh, one of my love languages is physical touch. That's a way that I really receive love. And, uh, yeah, at the time my partner was at, he was living in Miami still. And I was in, in Canada, obviously. Um, and yeah, I was like, I need somebody to touch me and not in like, not in a physical or not in a like sexually intimate way, but just the feeling, the sensation of somebody else touching my body. Um, so yeah, I liked it. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. Long story it. short, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think throughout that experience of that massage, um, like again, I... Uh, up until this point, everything was just like um, super professional. And even my energy was just like, oh, wow, like this is actually a really nice conversation because mm-hmm. um, we managed to like get really deep um, and vulnerable. Um, and it felt really good to have you immediately be like, oh, like I can receive that and I resonate mm-hmm. with this. And I think that depth was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like then it also felt safe for me because there's been situations where I've tattooed people in their homes where I'm like, okay, these people aren't the, you know, they don't have like the healthiest mindset, let's mm. just say, or like, oh, there's like people, you know, sniffing drugs in the other room. And it's like, mm. God damn, I didn't know that would be a thing here. And mm-hmm. turns out it is on like a 2 p.m. on a freaking Tuesday. And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm in the situation and that doesn't feel very good. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, with you, that felt super lovely. And I think after we uh finished that massage um i was packing up i don't know if it was after i'd already packed up um and i i think i was just like gonna leave and i was like yeah like can i give you a hug um we we sat and talked after you massaged me and that was when we started talking about relationships mm. and um like i have shared on here i cheated on my ex-partner And I shared that with you. I was at a point in my life where I was really trying to release the shame that I held around that and just own my shit um, and not keep it hidden. So, yeah, I very openly shared that with you. Um, And, uh, yeah, then we got into that vulnerable conversation. And then it was after that conversation that you asked if I'd be open to having or to hugging you. Yeah, to having a blank <laughs> to having a hug i was gonna yeah. say but that doesn't really make mm-hmm. sense yeah so from my perspective because uh, at this point it's like I, I don't offer uh like tattoo clients a hug unless mm-hmm. they're they're like outwardly just like yes like this was an awesome experience like can i give you a hug mm-hmm. um normally i'll just do like a handshake or a bow or if there's like um, a much deeper emotional connection because i typically tend to like get deep with people when mm-hmm. I do tattoos. Like I really like getting to know people in that way. So yeah. if I feel like that bond is there, I'm just like, yeah, like this was lovely meeting you. Like, okay, like, would you, would you like a hug? Because mm-hmm. I feel more connected to that person because it's such an intimate thing, like tattooing somebody. It is. Yeah. It's like, I'm in their physical space. I'm in their bubble. 
Um, Especially depending on where on their body you're tattooing as well. Yeah. Some of it is very intimate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just like who are you going to allow to inflict pain on you for extended periods of hours? Mm-hmm. Like mm, not many people in your life probably. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, like when we did have that hug, um, I remember the within me there was just like a softening. I, I remember feeling as though that hug lasted three minutes and it yeah. felt as though I was like oozing and melting and I don't really know much about <laughs> you know tantra uh mm. but really if I just think about like the flow of energy it just felt like our energy had really softened mm-hmm. um and kind of like flowed into one another and it just felt really full of ease and it felt really joyful mm. um really tantalizing it was delicious it was yeah and i was like wow this is the greatest hug of my life yeah jesus christ <laughs> i wrote a poem about that hug that's Yo. how amazing it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah y'all gotta get hugs like this <laughs> yeah for me that hug felt like an eternity and it was like my mind was like i should probably let go but my body was like no yeah no and i felt I kind of felt that of like both of us not wanting to let go, but feeling like, is this appropriate <laughs> like yeah. to, to continue hugging somebody that you just met for this long? Mm. Um, but for me, the words that I would use to describe it is like my soul just like melted into you. Um, and it, it was like, it felt really just magical, I feel like. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> is this allowed? Is this okay? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, my body was just like, I do not want to let go of you. I want to continue hugging you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way that I see it, it's like we had spent, um, we already had like a bit of pre-existing trust because of like a mutual friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we created a lot of like trust and vulnerability and rapport uh, with sharing while I was setting up the tattoo station. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, we also bonded through like breathwork and a massage and mm-hmm. also talking about like our uh, previous relationships and the mm-hmm. mistakes that we've made and the ways that we're trying to grow. And it's like, okay, cool. Like that's a really deep, uh, that's a fucking deep level of vulnerability to be going with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I think about it now, I'm like, yeah, if I just came in, did the tattoo you know, that would have hurt. It would have taken a little while longer. It would have been mm-hmm. exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, the accessibility of that kind of connection would not have been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm grateful that I left, that I forgot those uh, tattoo needles at a previous client's house where it's just yeah. like, oh, like if I had not forgotten, would I be in the sim in the same situation? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So after that hug, you asked me if I would be open to some platonic hugging or cuddling. Yeah. And that was the first time that anyone had ever asked me that. Um, but in the moment, like my body was just like, yes, like I want to be held. I need to be held. Um, again, like I was moving through a lot in this chapter of my life and I was just holding myself. So um, somebody saying like, hey, I would love to physically hold you. I was like, oh my God. This is exactly what I need. Yes, please. Um, And with that, like you set the really clear container, the really clear boundaries. You said, where can I touch? Where can't I touch? And I was very clear. Um, And yeah, it was really like, it felt really safe. Yeah, to Mm -hmm. receive that. 
so um, some background on myself. Um, throughout COVID, I had uh, fallen in love with a woman and we had a beautiful connection and she ended up moving to, um, yeah, she ended up moving across Canada and we were trying to do a whole long distance thing and tried to do like a long distance open relationship thing with certain boundaries and I crossed one of those boundaries and cheated um, and that like broke me down because um, for the majority uh, like for all my life up until that point I remember judging men that had cheated mm. in the past and being like how the hell could they have done that like what the, uh, what the fuck is wrong with them and not mm -hmm. understanding um, you know, that internal experience. And this is not to, to justify mm -hmm. my actions, but um, from that point when that fallout happened and I hurt, you know, the woman that I loved the most at the time um, and just like deeply wounded her and myself and was also going through my own difficult experiences throughout, you know, the pandemic and all that. Mm -hmm. um, it took a long time for me to, it like my heart had shut down and there was a lot of self-judgment there was a mm. lot of shame there was a lot of pain and like self-deprecation in my mm. inner dialogue um so it took me a while to you know slowly get my life back to heal and to understand my behaviors and why i took those actions out of a place of like being so codependent not being able to speak my needs mm -hmm. um and whatnot so when I had moved to North Vancouver and I was living around there, um, I was slowly beginning to make new friends and was like counting on one hand, like how many friends I had. I'm like, cool, I have one friend. Like, wow, now I have three friends. Like now I have six friends. Like that's cool because I was starting from scratch. I, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. Um, and I also noticed there was like a, a part of me was like, hesitantly seeking um romantic connection and wh mm. what i mean by hesitantly is just like there was a part of me that was like uh, like not entirely fully in on like stepping forward with that because of the like the pain and the shame that i was still holding on to mm -hmm. so when my heart finally felt like holy crap like i think i can feel again i think i can feel for someone else um I got really clear on just like how I want to go about that interaction on being like, I don't want what I did in the past, cheating on my partner, um, lying, withholding information, being codependent, um, not choosing myself first and always putting the other person first. I didn't want to repeat all those old patterns. So um, especially with you, I was like, hey, like I would love to snuggle mm -hmm. and have this be in a really clear way. I think that was also my way of protecting myself so mm -hmm. I don't just dive into um, like sexual intimacy mm -hmm. um, and then immediately go into this old codependent patterning, which would go back into, you know, like denying myself love and freedom and self-care and understanding and immediately repeating the same cycle of pain that I had perpetrated in the past. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think those boundaries were um, something really new because uh, I did like um, celibacy for a while and I was like, cool, like even with celibacy, it's like, yeah, like I would still snuggle with people and be like, mm -hmm. here is what my boundaries are. And also for myself to just be like, I do not want to have 
um, even if my body is like whatever aroused, mm-hmm. I, my spirit does not want to have sexual intimacy because mm-hmm. I'm still sensitive. Like I'm not ready. So I think meeting you in that way was just like, okay, like I can feel this energy of love, this mm-hmm. energy of romance um, and have it in a way where you still feel safe, mm-hmm. where I still feel safe. Um, and not jumping the gun to just being like, all right, here's these like carnal desires. Like I'm, I'm just all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not to say that I did not have sexual desires. <laughs> they were there. They was there. You know? I'm like, wow, a fine woman who is just connected with me for so long. She seems pretty cool and hip, you know? <laughs> hip. <laughs> yeah. She's hip with it. You know? Yeah. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> yeah, so we did a bunch of snuggling. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and I remember how natural it felt. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like we had snuggled each other for years already. And, like, we just, every time we shifted, um, it's like our bodies just intuitively knew where the other person's body was going. And it was just like the puzzle pieces just clicked. And then we would move and then they would click in again. And then we'd move and they'd click in again. Um, and... Yeah, I think I think one of us made a comment about how like it felt like our bodies fit together. And at this point, I had brought up the conversation of having an open relationship um with my partner at the time. And uh I had brought it up I had brought the conversation up uh a few times and I think that reflecting back now Actually, I don't think. I know. Reflecting back now, I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew that that was that I used that as like the stepping stone out of the relationship because I was too scared to say I actually don't want to be with you. Um, And if, you know, if I were to go back and do it differently, I would just straight up say um, to my partner, like, I actually don't want to be in this anymore. Um, but I was still too scared. And, uh, so instead I was like, well, why don't we try like being open? And like, that was kind of the pathway that I saw for myself, um, upon leaving the relationship that I was in, um, for a little bit, like I wanted to explore that realm. I didn't, um, I didn't want to like cling to something right away. Um, but yeah, it was definitely my way of being like, oh, I want to get out of this, but I don't really know how to do it. Um, but I think that having this experience with you just showed me how I actually was feeling and what I actually wanted. And I didn't want to be in the relationship that I was in. I didn't want my partner to be living in a different country than me coming to see me every few months. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. So I was willing to do the emotional work that is necessary when, you know, diving into open relationships and polyamory and that whole realm of um, relating. I was willing to do that. And my partner at the time was like, no, I can't do that. I like, I, I'm not strong enough in my sense of self. I don't love myself enough yet. Like, no. And then I would like bring it up again and he would say no and so I'd be like okay and that made me feel like a little bit more trapped um and then having this experience with you 
as soon as you left, I was like, I need to tell Matthew. Like, I got to call him right away and tell him because he is not going to be happy about this. Um, which, yeah, like, it created this sense of frustration in me because something that I felt like I was lacking for so long um, was that physical and not sexual intimacy, but that physical touch intimacy. Um, and that was something that I was really, really desiring. Um, and I was saying like, I'm willing to do this work so that you can get your needs met. And it would feel really great for me if you were willing to do the work too, um, so that I can get my needs met because you're not moving here. Uh, and I'm definitely not going back to Miami. So we need to figure out something. Um, so when I told him, he was like, he handled it very well. Um, he didn't like project or anything onto me. He was just like, Eden, like I, I need space. Do what you want. You can explore this however you want, but I'm going to take some space from you. Um, so I was like, okay, really? Like, I felt like, am I, am I allowed to do this? Which I also like, I hated that question of like, am I allowed? Um, it was very like, still very much in my inner child. Um, but yeah, I remember just being like, okay, well he said that I can explore this in whatever way that I want to. So I guess I'm going to. And then I remember being like, oh my God, I have to talk to Aviana. <laughs> I was like, I feel so bad. And I told her and she was like, Eden, it's okay. <laughs> she was so great. She was like, the kind of love that Florian and I have for each other is unconditional. And we're not, um, yeah, saying like what we can and can't do and who we can and can't be with and connect with. And, and so I was like, wow, like, all right, I guess I'm allowed to explore this, which, you know, yeah, I was always allowed, but I got the external per permission. Um, so yeah, and then a couple days later for me, I realized like, I don't want to have to check in with someone and say, hey, uh, this is really what I want. Am I allowed to do this? Um, and that was kind of when I like fully severed my relationship with Matthew because I was like, if you can't meet me here, then I'm gonna I'm gonna continue walking down this path. You can come with me. You're welcome to join me. Um, but if you can't meet me, then I'm not gonna force you. And that was when we had our like parting ways. Um, and then, yeah, I shared like a photo of me crying on Instagram because that's what I do. Um, and you messaged me and you were like, um, I would love to like hold some space for you and listen to what you're going through and whatnot. And I was like, whoa. I've never had a man say, I would love to hold space for you. And I was like, what the heck? Like this felt so new to me, especially coming out of a relationship where my partner was so closed off, so emotionally closed off, like would not let me in his internal realm. Um, therefore not making it feel safe for me to express my internal realm. There was no safety for either of us in that. Um, so to have you say like, oh, I would love to hold space for you. I was like, damn, really? Okay. <laughs> so yeah. And then I think it was on the Sunday that we saw each other again when you came and visited me at work. Yeah. So there was a piece of time. It was like one week and then, um, or a little bit of, I don't really like know. Like five days or yeah. something. Yeah. 
Um, and we ended up going on uh, three dates in three days. Mm -hmm. So I think Sunday we just went uh, near Harrison Hot Springs where Eden was working at the Crystal Shop. Uh, and I remember seeing online that, you know, Ian, she, you know, she's dressed, she's dressed pretty fly. Uh, she would have all these reels about her cute ass outfits in the, uh, in the shop. And I'd be like, damn, these outfits look cool. Like they got interesting shapes and compositions and layering with scarves and whatnot, um, and different pants and styles. And it was like, wow. Okay. So I dressed, I dressed extra fresh that day. I did, yeah, you did. let my hair run down and I had, I had my, um, leather jacket with all the zippers and, and the like, tassels yeah with the it's got tassels on this awesome leather jacket i got from a vintage store in toronto and a bunch of other stuff and i was like came in the crystal store and i just felt so awkward and like oh you know like first date energy like yeah. teenage boy first date energy yeah um and then after she was done um we went by this riverside and just threw down like uh you know whatever towel or something and um like a beach mat uh a towel <laughs> no no that's not what i mean it's not what i mean we threw down i'm like towel. oh no Whoa. this is not where that story goes <laughs> no yeah but um yeah we just sat on this mat and pulled some cards and connected and we made smooched. our co-playlist yeah, made made a playlist, classic, yeah. you know. Collaborative playlist. First date, make a playlist, all in. And then at some random point um, when the sun was starting to go down, this is just a random small, um, like, next to a river. Like, yeah. it, it's just a random little part of a river. And a there was random Sunday in yeah, March. No holidays going on. And no. across the river, fireworks started going after, off. That was after our very first kiss. Oh. And I was like, Spirit is putting on a show right yeah. now. This is a celebration. Yeah. And I remember both of us were just laughing. We're like, why the fuck are there fireworks happening on this random little Sunday. river? There's nothing on the other side. There's, it's just a random day. There's no holidays. Yeah. Nothing else is happening. And, you know, fireworks. So that was just like, you know, movie magic kind yeah, of thing. That, it literally felt yeah. like we were in a movie. Yeah. What was the day two? What was our second date? That was the full day um, at the river, at the other river. Uh, by your parents' place? In Chilliwack, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we, okay, I don't remember. I remember the river, but I don't remember the full day. How do you not remember? With a, <laughs> uh oh. Um, jog my memory, baby. Babe, with the hammock, where we set up we had tacos oh, yeah yeah no i i know all of that you're saying that was the second day and then the third day you came back to my house to tattoo me again oh okay yeah. okay okay there we go yeah because <laughs> I, I was just like what, what do you mean full day anyways um yeah we went to this different riverside by her parents place and i had all of my adventure gear so set up like um a hammock we made tacos uh made a campfire uh, it was super magical. We had some ceremonial cacao as yeah, well. Yeah, ceremonial cacao. When the uh, when the sun was down, it was just like the campfire next to the raging river. We got naked. We got naked skin to skin. We snuggled skin baby. to skin yeah. and uh, did not have a sexual intimacy. I was trying really hard to not repeat the same patterns that I used to repeat in all relationships and even just with men in general. Like, um, I would 
I would, there was a, a point in my life where I would literally just walk into a bar and be like, oh, I'm going to sleep with that dude tonight. And I would make it like my mission. And, uh, I was, I really wanted to be intentional about, um, the way that I was connecting, regardless of where this went, I wanted to be intentional. And I had a womb clearing, um, session booked that my intention was to, um, Foreshadowing. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, up until that womb clearing so that I could release all the energy of my past partner before I let anybody new into my um, intimate yoni space. Um, and yeah, that did not that, that did not work. <laughs> Anyways, we didn't have intimacy at the romantic yeah. campfire next to the river, which would have been cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the next day it was supposed to be, uh, at this point I had retrieved my needles, uh, from mm-hmm. this previous client's home. Um, so the next day was supposed to be, um, when we would actually go and meet and do the, uh, tattoo session. But I think we had stayed up late and we were at that camp site that we made for like over 12 hours it was like one in the morning my mom and my sister were both messaging me like are you coming home are you okay because to them they're like this dude you just met you're going into the forest with and now it's 1 a.m and you're not home are you still alive um (laughs) so yeah we were we were there pretty late Mm -hmm. yeah so i remember waking up like i i dropped you off and um and I just went to sleep in my little camper setup and I was so tired the morning mm-hmm. after. So we met and I like even brought, I brought my massage table again, <laughs> my setup. This man had no intention of tattooing me that day. Yeah. And I was just so <laughs> tired and I was like, well, can we just snuggle first? I was like so tired and wanted to keep that, uh, you know, that connection. It was just a really beautiful mm-hmm. fire. Um, you know, a fire of passion to be specific. Uh, yeah, so we just we just like stayed in bed, uh, and let's just say you know, <laughs> on the third day, <laughs> on the third day, this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna share this with the peoples, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, much like Jesus Christ, who on the third day he rose again, uh, except for myself, I remember. Uh, on the third day you rose again. Yeah, on the third day. <laughs> I entered her. <laughs> it took three days. It took three days. And on the third day, <clears throat> twas when the boundaries, you know, the veil was most thin. Uh, yeah. And we had intimacy and it was great. And it was like, oh, it was. Oh, it was. Yeah. And I think it was nice to have the two previous days like build up to that because yeah. it was like, Sexy. we want to, but we're not going to. We want to, but we can't. And then finally it was like, oh, okay. Because yeah. okay. uh, at this point, I was going to be heading back to Nelson yeah. for um, a, like, like a, a much, month. yeah, much longer stretch of time. So it was kind of like, oh, it's either it's don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> It's either now or one month from now, and uh, you know. But even then, like, you were just about to go in, and you stopped, and you were like, are you sure? Does this feel good for you? Like, you were still so good at communicating and making sure that I felt safe. So it was still very intentional, you know? And I was like, yes, I know that I said, like, I wanted to wait, but I was like, no, this feels really, like, in alignment for me right now. So... 
it's awesome to hear you be like, yeah, Florian, you had all these amazing boundaries that made me feel so safe. I'm like, I forgot all of that stuff. And you're like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Because that was just so natural for the way that you were operating at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I still, still at this time as well. Well, yes. Yes. (laughs) Just got to let the people know. I'm, I'm I'm still, I'm still a man of integrity. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) Yeah. So that was great. And um, we we parted ways. And we did. I was like, oh, goodbye, sexy lady. Yeah, I wrote <laughs> some poetry about that too. Yeah, I drove my way back to Nelson. And then how many months? Um... It was just like a month, maybe five weeks. Yeah. And then you came back and you stayed. And we puppy sat Maeve, my yeah. parents, yeah. little poodle. You know, so that's kind of how everything started. And then... Yeah, long long story short, I came back for to stay for seven days just to be in this beautiful love bubble. And but I think it's important to mention in the meantime, we were still communicating and we were communicating via voice note. Um, and like we we went pretty deep in in those voice notes as well. And I remember when I was like scared to say the word relationship. Yeah, she was afraid of the R word. We were calling it like a mirror ship or a lover ship. Or yeah. I was just making up words. When I go back into my journal entries, I'm like, I really love this mirror ship <laughs> with Eden. And I'm like, dude, yeah. shut up. Jesus Christ, just call it a relationship. Oh, but it made me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think there was also that fear of like other people's projections of like, oh, you just got out of this relationship still like separated not divorced right um and now you're in a relationship with another dude already like i was really afraid of that um projection of other people but for me it felt so much different it felt like it was the first time i ever intentionally was connecting with somebody um so yeah that's why i was afraid of the word relationship it's all good yeah yeah but yeah, and then you came back and we got to be in our love bubble for a week, which was just like so beautiful. We made pizza. <laughs> we had fun. You watched me free bleed onto the ground. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Made super yummy food. Mm-hmm. And it was really beautiful too. Like in the mornings we would wake up drink our cacao, sit at the table, do our journaling, pull our cards. Like it was, we created a a really beautiful like ritual, um, which also felt really great for me because my like spiritual side wasn't something that I could share with any of my previous partners. Um, so for that to be like part of what we bonded and connected over was really, really beautiful and really like soul nourishing and that was everything that I wanted like I wanted somebody who would meditate with me I wanted somebody who would go and intentionally be grounding outside with me oh man we had like days in the backyard where we would just bring food down our cards and our journals and we would just sit or lay in the sun and just hang out and just be like we were really in the energy of being which was really beautiful because my yeah previous partner I had to beg him to come outside and breathe a breath of fresh air as the kids say touch grass exactly yeah. exactly so if y'all don't know this is a new one uh the youth are saying these days <laughs> they're like bro touch grass as in it's somebody who spends way too much time on the internet they need to go connect with real life yeah they should go touch some real grass for yeah. once and that was what he needed 
That was what he needed. <laughs> he did, yeah. but um, I say these things not to compare because there's no comparison. But my experience of what I wanted, I wanted somebody who wanted to be outside with me. So when I found myself begging someone to come for a walk, and then I found myself being with someone who just was laying out in the sun with me. Like, I think we were just like naked in the backyard, laying in the sun in the like, yeah, springtime underneath the blossoming plum tree. Like, oh, <laughs> oh man, those were good days, baby. Mm -hmm. Those were good days. Yeah. So that is the like very first moments of our meeting. Um, at that point, I was already planning to move to Nelson. I was already planning to move to Nelson uh, before I even knew who you were. Um, but you being like based here made it a lot easier for me to just be like, okay, there's at least one person. I, I knew a couple of other people, um, but I was like, there's at least one person that I feel that I know that I feel really safe with in this place. So I feel even safer with going ahead with my decision to move. Um, so yeah, did you want to like keep telling the story or did you want to dive more into um, like how we set the foundations of our relationship? Yeah. I think uh, I would like to go into the foundations because the story really is like, okay, you moved and moved around a little bit. I can bit. tell the whole yeah. story over yeah. and over and over again just because I like to relive it myself. Yeah. But yeah, mm -hmm. I would like to dive into, um, yeah, the foundations as well. Yeah, let's get into talking about the foundations because I think we were, well, I know we were very clear um, of the foundations that we wanted to set and the way that we wanted to be in relationship with each other. So I will give you the mic. <laughs> yeah, I will give you the mic back. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, huh, what were we clear about again? It's definitely, it's in my journal, but I'm like, yeah, I, I don't remember what. Should have brushed up on your notes. <laughs> yeah, should have brushed up on my notes, yeah. Well, okay, I, I can start. Yeah. So I was very clear that I didn't want to be um, repeating a lot of the same patterning that I had in previous relationships. And for me, what that looked like was creating this image, this idea of somebody um, based off of, you know, the initial like lovey feelings that I felt um, and then like let my mind go off and daydream it and then create this whole reality and this whole human being in my mind and actually like love that person and project that person onto you and then be constantly let down when you weren't living up to my dream version of you. So for me, I wanted to start like with a super clear and grounded place of constantly bringing myself back into my body and constantly looking at you as you were in each moment, not who I thought you could be because that was also a thing too. And I know that I see this in a lot of the women um, that have been in my life and a lot of the women around me is that it's a common theme that we are in love with the potential of our partner because we can see it. We can see how amazing people can be. We can see you know, the, the future that they could be living and we fall in love with that and we get attached to that instead of allowing our partners to be who they are in the moment. Um, so I wanted to start very clearly with, OK, 
connecting with who you were in the moment. Um, and yeah, that was like really, that was really powerful, um, for me. And I, I remember I would be driving and I would start creating the story in my head and I'd be listening to music and it would feel so good. And then I'd be be like, you done (laughs) reel it in, reel it in, like come back down to earth, come back down to earth. What are the physical facts? Um, how, what was, what was the words actually said, you know, um, instead of getting lost in that energy, which it's a great manifestation tool. I will tell you. Um, but up until that point in my life, I didn't know how to channel that energy. I didn't know how to use that energy. Also poetry is a great one too, but yeah. So, um, I also was coming out of a a relationship where I did not communicate my needs, I did not communicate my feelings. Um, I didn't communicate. We didn't communicate at all. Um, So I also wanted to be really clear and communicate and be open in that way. So for me, that, that took like consistently calling on my courage to use my voice. And when I think back now, um, I was in a space in my life where my throat was really being activated and my sacral was being really activated and I'm back into a deeper layer of that cycle now. Um, so it's really beautiful to reflect on this while I'm in the space that I'm in right now. But um, yeah, I was having to actually communicate like, hey, this is what came up for me when you said X, Y, Z or I remember, okay, I remember a specific instance where I had written... Um, a piece of poetry and I shared it with you and um, whatever was going on in your world that day, um, you didn't have the capacity to respond, but you felt like you had to. Uh, And I felt like you didn't fully receive it. And for me, it felt really vulnerable to share my poetry in that way. Um, And I remember feeling like, yeah, you kind of were just like, oh, cool. And then later that day, I was like, hey, did you actually listen to my poem? And you were like, yeah. And then I think you said something like, I don't respond to everything. And I was like, oh, then why am I sending you stuff? And it like really brought up this reaction for me. So um, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I just shared like, hey, it didn't feel good for me to openly and vulnerably share this with you and for you to not receive it. And do you remember that? Yeah. Did you do you remember your experience? Do you want to share your experience with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my reality in that point in time, um, I had a lot of things going on with tattooing and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of work stuff that I was balancing and, you know, communications with clients and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so within myself, I felt this expectation of just like, okay, like make sure you respond or just acknowledge that you receive this thing um but also I didn't have the energy and like you said I didn't have the capacity to actually fully listen Mm -hmm. and um I remember you responded just being like I would rather you just don't listen Mm -hmm. um rather than you know be like okay I'm like passively listening or Mm -hmm. um this and that and yeah it was just like a bit of a it was also an unwinding of my old codependent patterns of just being like, oh, like I have to make this person feel safe. Yeah. Like that is my role. That is my job. Um, how do I do that? How do I make them feel like safe, heard, whatever, rather than understanding that I can be my own human um, mm-hmm. and not need to 
show up to ensure someone's like emotional stability uh, without trusting that hey like you're an adult human you can handle yourself you can mm-hmm. self-regulate uh, it is not my job to manage your emotions that is your job yeah um of course like things i say have effects and mm-hmm. that totally makes sense that's not you know me trying to be like okay cool i can say whatever i want it's not my fault if you get mad it's like yeah. no that's that's dumb yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am responsible for the effects of my actions and words mm. but i am not responsible for um, managing someone else's emotions i'm only responsible for managing my own understanding my own mm-hmm. um and maybe you know well not maybe but uh, showing up in whatever ways that I can when I have the capacity to be able to hold space for you mm-hmm. and like that's the important part that a lot of people miss is that they're just like oh but if I and this is still a pattern that I sometimes deal with where it's just like if I say this they're gonna get like their feelings hurt even though mm. it's like my authentic truth it's like oh I really want to make sure they don't feel scared or intimidated or fearful or um anxious and it's like you know at the end of the day um truth and like genuine truth is really powerful and finding that genuine truth and you know trusting in it and getting to a place where you can actually trust your partner to understand and hold themselves and say hey you know what i actually need to take a break from you right now Mm. i need to go self-regulate and work on this like inner child part or calm my nervous system down and then i'll come back when i'm more well resourced which is something that you do which is amazing Mm -hmm. um it's like people don't have that skill and people have been in so many relationships where um you know person a is not able to self-regulate um and they depend on person b uh for their support um but person b doesn't know how to just ask for space Mm -hmm. so both people are like in each other's face without actually asking for the space that they need without actually communicating mm-hmm. where their boundaries are without actually um, understanding within themselves why this trigger is coming up mm-hmm. and without having the actual desire to understand it's one thing to understand where the trigger is coming up uh is it, where it's coming from which is like very cognitive but to have the willingness to actually go there is something that we talked about a lot at the beginning of, yeah. the, of like um, having that willingness to grow, that willingness to face our own shadows, our mm-hmm. own uh, traumas and woundings and not putting it, not projecting it onto you, not projecting it onto me, mm-hmm. but rather saying, okay, okay, like there's some unresolved stuff. There's still some old cycles that I'm stuck in yeah. uh, and it's my responsibility to move through that. I can mm-hmm. ask for support. I can be supported. But I do not put the onus or like, I don't put this onto my partner Mm -hmm. to say, hey, claim my trauma for me, fix my trauma for me, like do this shit for me. It's like, no, like I'm an adult human. Um, I, this is my responsibility to understand where I'm still carrying wounds, where I still have a fragmented psyche, where my inner child parts show up and get fussy or scared or angry because of unresolved things from my childhood and it's like that requires Mm -hmm. a need like a commitment to growth from both people a commitment to vulnerability a commitment to humility on being Mm -hmm. like okay like you can call me out i can call you out and yeah it'll suck in the moment we'll you know cry or whatever Uh, and then also be like yeah thank you for help helping me to see 
this cycle that I'm stuck in. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being here, not just as like my lover, but as my partner who is here to grow alongside me, mm-hmm. uh, to grow the expansiveness of this life with me. So it's like, those are some of those commitments that we made is like commitment to growth and vulnerability, honesty, mm. uh, showing up. And uh, like that honesty is a really huge piece of even being like, I'm feeling triggered right now. I'm feeling kind of pissed right now. Mm-hmm. And like being able to say that and have the other person not be, you know, not take that personally. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did such a great job at keeping our own shit hours and never projecting. Like, I don't feel like you've ever projected onto me there's not one instance where i'm like that i can recall of you like saying like this is your fault when it was your own wounding activated and i hope you could say the same about me (laughs) (laughs) this morning she told me to get off the ipad (laughs) but she was on tiktok <laughs> um, yeah, the and it's it's really lovely to hear that because in my previous relationship, mm. um, my boy psychology was super online. Um, yeah. If if you want to learn a little bit more about like male psychology, like men specifically, not male, um, read King Warrior Magician Lover. It's a fantastic book mm. uh, that you know dives into uh, this Jungian um, psychology of men where. When men are not in their empowered state, um, they're in these different sub, like, fragmented psyches mm, of, mm-hmm. like, boydom. And one of those fragments that I had would be, um, as a youth, um, instead of taking blame, because I never actually saw my parents receive uh, critical feedback, they, you know, my dad would always blame somebody else. Yeah or blame the situation, or blame, like, this is your fault, you know, extrinsically, it would always be, mm-hmm. like, an external blame, um, so in my past relationship, um, you know, when I dropped a phone in a lake, when I was, you know, camping with some friends, I was like, oh, it was the guy who wouldn't throw the phone to me, because he was scared that he would throw it in the water, it was his fault that I dropped my phone, <laughs> or being like, oh, like, I made this mistake, and I was like, no, it was their fault, because I made the mistake, yeah. if they didn't make that error, I wouldn't have made this mistake and you know pawning that stuff off is a way that I operated from as this need because my inner boy was way too afraid to just receive feedback Mm -hmm. he was afraid to be wrong because when I was wrong as a youth love was held back Mm -hmm. when I made mistakes love was withheld from me so I was like oh I can only receive love if I don't make mistakes therefore I will do anything in my power to avoid the perception of being wrong. Even though I clearly made an error, it was like I'm going to pawn off Mm. um, this feeling of being the one in the wrong. Because when I am in the wrong, I do not receive the love that I need to feel safe. Mm. So it's just like, oh, cool. That stuff, again, we've talked a lot about our old relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think it really helped... Um, and like, dude, like, this is what the relationship check-in is about. This is what like, you know, 11 steps to deeper intimacy is about, which is a, an ebook I have, which you can get uh, linked to my Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, where it's just like, why enter a relationship? Um, when you're like, oh, I really want this relationship to work. 
But some people enter and they're not willing to look at their own stuff yeah. to actually bring that into the relationship because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, it's too soon. Well, dude, like bring it up and see what stuff you're bringing in. See what stuff your partner is bringing in mm -hmm. and in what ways you guys can become more conscious of these old patterns so you can be supported in undoing those unhealthy cycles. Yeah. So you're not stepping into the relationships, blaming the other person, not speaking your needs. You're not stepping into these relationships where you're small, you're like too afraid to say what's going on, you're like projecting everywhere. Um, it's like, oh, cool. How do you not do that? Well, you get aware of yourself first, which is something we did in just a massive, like that whole first piece that, yeah. of our relationship was mm -hmm. just us being like, Here's what this was. Here's what that was. Here's what this was. Here's how I messed up in the past. Yeah. Um, here's these things that are still activated within me. Here's the support that I need. And just like going back into it. It's like going mm. to the gym and just like constantly working instead of like, you know, doing squats or whatever. You're like, cool. Like I'm working on this child part instead of doing deadlift. You're like, okay, cool. I'm working on like this relational wound instead mm -hmm. of doing whatever curls or bench or whatever the hell it's like cool yeah. now i'm working on like my trust in myself mm. and working those reps and yeah. instead of treating it as like a oh like i'll get to it when it shows up like mm. when i break an arm because my arm is too weak to hold itself up then i'll deal with it it's like no you strengthen it now and you yeah. continuously to come back as a unit like yes on your own and as a unit as a partnership mm -hmm. yeah. that was really beautifully articulated I think that um, there's two things that came up for me while listening to your share there. Um, the first one is get comfortable with speaking about past relationships. Um, that is something that I used to want to avoid because I would like get so jealous and all my insecurities would come up to the surface and I'd be like, oh my God, um, you know, you still, you're still in love with her, blah, blah, blah. Um, but looking at it as this is how I used to show up in this relationship and this is how I want to show up in this one. So I used to do X, Y, Z and I'm aware of this patterning. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to let you know, I'm going to tell you so that you are also aware of it. I think that's something that we did really beautifully in the relationship interview was answering those questions of how do you show up in conflict? How do you show up? Like, what is your patterning here? Um, and just to kind of get a baseline for how each other operated in relationship at the beginning. Um, and I think the second thing, well, the second thing I wanted to mention is, um, there's a lot of inner child work, at least there was for me. Um, and you know, you speaking on your inner boy, there's a lot of inner child work that needs to be looked at while if, if this is of course, an if you want to be in a more conscious relationship, um, there's a lot of inner child stuff that needs to be looked at because a lot of our inner child wounding is going to be projected onto our partner. A lot of the way that we react to certain situations in arguments, the way we regulate ourselves, like everything, it starts at our foundation of childhood. But if we are unaware of how we show up, we're, we're not going to be able to consciously be in relationship with each other. So knowing yeah knowing i'm trying to think of an example of that like inner child um kind of stuff coming up and having the awareness um the last two examples or the two examples i have in my mind are two examples i use in in a podcast episode like 
that I just released two weeks ago. Um, but one of them is like one time you asked me to put headphones on while, while I was listening to TikTok, um, while I was watching TikTok because it was feeling really, um, it was dysregulating you. And in that moment, my inner child was like, oh no, I'm doing something wrong. I did something wrong. I did something bad. I'm getting in trouble now. Like shame, 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 shame. Um, and if I had no awareness of that, if I didn't know that that was my child part that was activated because I used to get in trouble a lot as a kid. Um, and then I would like, yeah, just go in my room and I would cry and I would shame myself and say like, oh, you will receive love if you don't make mistakes, right? Kind of what you were saying with your experience. Um, but instead I was like, okay, I am feeling this inner child part of me is very active right now and feels like I'm getting in trouble. So I went away and I sat with my inner child and I reminded her like, you did nothing wrong. You, you had no idea that he was feeling dysregulated until he told you. Now that he's told you, you can do something different. So then I came back out and um, I got to show up as my adult self with you because I went away and held my inner child um, instead of expecting you to hold my inner child for me because I had no idea that it was an inner child aspect. Yeah. I, I want to talk about that piece a little bit because yeah. um, so there is a common theme in relationships where um, let's say it's, it's in a heteronormative relationship. Let's say um, like in that situation, the man asked for a need to be met um, mm -hmm. or asked for something that triggered this inner child wound in the woman. Mm -hmm. um, the woman is feeling really triggered and activated and is mm -hmm. feeling hurt. Now the man goes into his like fawn response being like, oh crap, like I hurt her. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I need to go fix this, um, which tends to be like a really common theme in men of just like needing to fix. go fix, right? Rather yeah. than just holding and feeling. Uh, so now the man who's actually the one who got hurt, um, voiced his pain, voiced, you know, the thing that really hurt him. And the woman who is the perpetrator in this situation is like, oh, I'm feeling my inner child being triggered. So that actually overrides the man, yeah. the man's need that he wanted to be met. Mm -hmm. So instead of the man actually getting his needs met, it's like, oh, cool. I feel bad because he voiced his needs. So now I'm making it about me. Mm -hmm. So it takes the focus off of the victim and it actually puts the focus on the opposite person. And this is just like very, a very general example. So um, take this for like, you know, the, <laughs> the 10 <laughs> seconds it took for me to say. Yeah. Um, but like not being conscious of those inner child parts um, makes it a lot harder for a person to not take the focus off of the actual, I'm, I'm just going to use the word, um, maybe victim isn't the right word, but the, you know, the person who is in pain, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh no, but no, but now I'm in pain because you said something bad about me or now I I've got this old trigger. So now it's actually about me instead of the ways that I made you feel small. Yeah. So now it's no longer about you being small. It's about how you need to fix the fact that you told me I made you feel like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Oh cool. So the focus is taken away from the partner that actually needs the support. And, and this is where the importance of knowing how to hold ourselves comes in. Because if I didn't know how to hold myself, if I didn't know how to hold space for my inner child and regulate myself so that I could return to the conversation as my adult self, I would have just been like, it's your fault, point the finger, blah, blah, blah. But because I have that awareness and I have that practice, which is a practice that I was cultivating before this relationship, I think we were both 
in that space where we met and we were already both very devoted to doing this work on our own anyways. Um, but that's, that's something that, you know, if you're, if you're not sure where you can start with this, you know, take your partner out of the equation. How, how do you hold yourself when you feel triggered? How do you hold space for yourself? Do you allow yourself to feel your emotions? Do you go and snuggle up in your bed and cry and feel, do you talk to your inner child? Do you close your eyes? Do you visualize them? Do you ask them what they need? Um, creating that foundation within yourself is so important so that when you are navigating situations like this, you can step away or even in the moment you might not even have to step away you can just acknowledge okay i'm activated here Um, my inner child wants me to project but my adult self is going to hold space and listen to the ways that i hurt you Mm -hmm. um that like (laughs) for me i need to take a step away because i need to feel the fullness of my emotions um and i don't want to become the like the victim in that situation because not just because but um you know flip the situation if i was also like you know this is a very small example this like tiktok scrolling example but i feel like we don't have like we we don't have any huge um kind of examples because we've done so much foundational work on our own that we never had those like fights um but you had said like I'm feeling scared to tell you this because I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I imagine if I'm gearing up, gathering the courage to be vulnerable and say, hey, this is really affecting me. Um, Can we please do something about it? And then if you were to start like bawling and being like, oh my God, I can do never do anything right, blah, blah, blah. I would be like, fuck. Like that's that's not what I wanted out of this. So I want to show up for you in the ways that I want you to show up for me, because this is an equal reciprocity. And, you know, it might not be 50, 50 equal all the time. There's room for ebbs and flows, but, um, I want the, yeah, I want the energy to be met. Um, so I have to hold myself to that as well, Mm -hmm. no matter how hard and challenging it feels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, our relationship is our personal example. There's Mm -hmm. other people out there where, let's say, you know, viewer, if you are in a relationship and you're like, yeah, like, I'm 100% dedicated to doing this work and you've been with a partner over the past, like, three, four years, uh, and steadily you have been growing your understanding of inner child work. Maybe you've read, Mm -hmm. like, uh, Child Work by John Bradshaw, which is an awesome place to start if you're Mm -hmm. looking to do some inner child work. Uh, John Bradshaw, I think it's just called Inner Child Work or Child Work, something like that. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, let's say you've been doing this work for like three years, uh, but your partner has not. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, okay. Um, as much as you can show up and come from a place of non-judgment and come from a place of like compassion and, you know, effective communication, which is honesty clarity and consistency those are the three pillars of effective communication Mm -hmm. as much as you can show up that's still only 50 Mm percent maximum because you are in a 
uh, let's just, you know, you're in a partnership. There's still a whole other person who is responsible for the next 50%. Mm-hmm. So if you are showing up 100% and your partner is only showing up 75, um, that's as much as they can really give you. And at no point can you force yeah. your partner to change. At no point can you make them change because when you try to force your partner to change, um, typically these feelings of just like, oh, like I'm not good enough as I am. Why are you trying to change me? Like, this feels uncomfortable. Uh, you don't love me the mm-hmm. way that I truly am. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Creates friction, confusion, uh, and resentment, which is like, cool. It's like the poison of relationships. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so realistically, I there comes a point where depending on where your personal growth is, um, like, again, our relationship is awesome and we sometimes have a giggle when we hear (laughs) other partners um again this is coming from like a compassionate place Mm -hmm. where we do hold space for a lot of really lovely people and and some people might you know jump in and be like oh like i'm going through this and this and this and this and this with my partner we're just like wow uh we don't know that experience because we have not had that yeah Um, and i don't want to say like oh we're lucky um we put a lens this is not lucky yeah we have put in a lot of fucking work uh to get to this place um, but if this is your situation where you are currently in a tumultuous relationship, mm. um, like you, you are the one who gets to decide how worth it it is for you to stay, to keep on trying to push this giant boulder up this hill, mm. knowing that the hill will never actually get any easier. The hill will get easier to push the boulder up once, you know, your partner becomes more receptive, they're doing their own work, but that only happens when they make that active decision. You cannot force them. You cannot change them. Um, You can only do 100% of your half of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So if this is you and you're like, oh, how do I have this, like, whatever you guys have, like, really think about your current relationship. See if you can introduce those more difficult conversations See if you can ask your partner, hey, like, where can you meet me? This Mm. is what I want. This is what I'm calling in. Here's my list of non-negotiables. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. I want to hear yours. I want to hear what you want from this relationship. What do you see this relationship looking like in three years from now? Mm. And how much are you willing to put in towards your healing, Mm -hmm. your embodiment, your self-care, as well as our relationship, our communication, our intimacy, How much are you willing to put in? How much can you meet me there? And based off of that response, and then not just the response, but the uh, factual actions that happen afterwards. And not just the promises. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A lot of promises can be The embodiment. Yeah, what is the actual result of that conversation? And from there, you get to choose whether or not you will continue to be putting your energy in this relationship um, and maybe not seeing the gains that you actually wanted. And then Mm -hmm. from there, you can either exit and find something different or push through and you know see what else you can do mm-hmm. and these are your choices um i i think eden called me a savage once <laughs> <laughs> yes i did <laughs> um, yeah her and my friend called me savage because uh, so often i'm just like you the, my perspective on things is just like oh you're pushing this giant boulder up this hill mm. the hill's not getting any easier and it has not been getting any easier for like five years mm. okay cool um break up with them <laughs> and like, like that's just my masculine energy it, it is like... very it is very masculine of that like clear cut like this is how you solve that issue yeah right 
Um, and it's, it's, it feels harsh to witness sometimes from the feminine perspective where I can feel if I tap into this person's emotions, like I can feel how hard it is and I can feel how scary it is. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's not that simple, which, you know, it never is, Mm -hmm. especially being the one in the situation. It's, it's never that easy, but one thing I would love you to dive a little bit more into is the conversation of non-negotiables because I think that some people might not have heard that um, term before mm-hmm. and might not have used that mm-hmm. in relationships. So I would love you to explain that a little bit. Yeah. Um, in like the relationship self-help sphere, non-negotiables are spouted like left and right. Um, and it, it just it kind of turns into this like kind of, kind of like common toolbox item that's just like mm-hmm. yeah it's just an easy thing to pull out um it's a very simple exercise um that requires uh i'm gonna speak to the viewer as though you know first person so it requires you to take a pause from whatever you're doing um, and meditate on what you're truly calling in for your life for your relationships for your career for your community for your health um, pretty much all the aspects. Um, I split it usually into three categories, relationship to self, relationship to others, and then careers slash projects. Mm-hmm. So a non-negotiable is something that you cannot negotiate. This is your needs. These are the mm-hmm. things that you need to have in your life for you to feel satisfied, held, loved, taken care of, to feel as though you have a place on this earth. Mm. So there are non-negotiables, which are things where, let's say in regards to relationship, you're like, okay. um, Do you want to just give like examples of what ours are? Yeah. Like what yours are? Um, Non-negotiable for me is uh, play, is that we are goofy. Mm. Of course, not all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, but that we can have that ease. Another non-negotiable is that we go on dates Mm -hmm. um, like once every couple weeks, once every week have that. Uh, another non-negotiable is, um, vulnerability. Like we constantly are like, Hey babe, I'm like really afraid to tell you this or Mm -hmm. like, I'm feeling kind of anxious or I'm feeling a little frustrated. Uh, we're open with our feelings. Um, we're really vulnerable with that and we don't withhold that kind of stuff. Um, and even like the relationship check-in is a non-negotiable. So it's just like, yeah, like that's something that we need in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so if viewer, if you are, doing this exercise with another person, you would pretty much sit down and think about all your needs in a relationship. What do you need? Do you need dates? Do you need alone time? Every Tuesday and Thursday, you have time 100% by yourself so mm-hmm. you can recharge your battery before you go and spend time with your partner again. Um, do you have any needs around food? Like it's a necessity that I go to the gym at this time every single day or I have this time to write in my creative writing class without being interrupted. It's like, that's a need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also these strongly desired traits, uh, which are just like, these are things I really, really want, but they're not like, make or break. The, yeah, they're not make or break. You know, non-negotiables are your make or breaks. So if you're entering into a relationship with someone new or even your current partner, this is much easier to do with uh, new partners because mm-hmm. you're setting that foundation rather than yeah. having to tear up your old foundation to set a new one. Which is um, still possible. Absolutely, but still But it possible. takes a lot of dedication and mm-hmm. devotion from both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you would do is you would sit down with your partner and you would have both taken time to write down what you need from your relationship to yourself, um, the ways you want to treat yourself, the ways you want to be in this relationship, 
uh, how you want to communicate, how you want to spend time together, what kinds of, uh, th what intimacy types you guys really love, uh, what kind of things you love doing together, and then what things you really want in your relationship, but you're willing to negotiate. And when you sit down, um, you can have a look at both sheets and, you know, don't treat this as like a math equation where you're like this plus this equals happy relationship. Great. <laughs> like, no, we are humans. We're much more complex than just like a hard answer. <laughs> kind of like what I was saying, like, just break up with them. Like, oh, no, of yeah. course, that's my masculine <laughs> energy being like, this equation doesn't make sense. Yes. Like, yeah. boom, <laughs> but we're still multifaceted beings. So you would sit mm. down with your partner and actually look and be like, what are your needs for your solo time and yourself? What are your needs for this relationship? Where can I meet your needs? Mm. Where can I meet my own needs? Because I might have needs that I've written down that I can't even meet for myself. Mm. And it's important that we are the ones who give ourselves um, as much of our own needs as possible. And then we can ask our partners. Then we can ask our community. We can ask our friends. Because this isn't just all on our partners. Mm -hmm. This is split between us, our partners, our community, um, and the people around us. Mm -hmm. So when we actually sit down and have this hard look... Instead of people falling into relationships where they're like, I guess I'm here now, but I'm unhappy for some reason. It's mm. like, well, you that doesn't happen because you've talked about what those needs are. You've blatantly said, hey, I cannot meet you there. Yeah. Can we change that? Or how can I make this accessible for you? You actually talk about ways that you can be in relationship to be like, oh, okay, they can't meet this need. But could somebody else meet that need? Can maybe a community, a sports group, a friend group... Uh, like an online community, could they meet this need that I have? Can you share the example of what happened for us the other night with the board games? Yeah, so um, fun fact, I am uh, currently on a lovely board game addiction. Um, and <laughs> I've also understood that the reason why I've really connected to this specific hobby is because my inner boy um, really craves community play creativity and expression and board games is a way where i get to spend time with my loved ones i get to feel a part of a community safe held and i get to have fun and be creative and allow that part of myself with the amount of work that i do um that's my outlet mm -hmm. um to really relax into and just like revel in joy and being around others because uh, mm -hmm. i am an extrovert um so um i really wanted Eden to play this awesome board game that I had bought for both of us out of my need to connect with her through this way. Like my inner boy wanted to connect and, you know, relax in this way. So I bought mm -hmm. this awesome board game called Arboretum. Anyways, beautiful trees, a bunch of cards. It's cool. We'll play it one day. Yeah. Just not at 9 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was like 8 p.m. and my energy is always high. I have like a pretty high mm. energy capacity throughout the whole day. Like, of course, ebbs and flows. But yeah. if somebody's like, yo, you want to play something at 9 p.m.? I'm in. Yeah. I'm so And in. I'm like, dude, once it's like 6 p.m., I'm out. Don't ask me to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our human design types for anyone who's into that. Florian's a generator and I'm a projector. So very, very different energy types. Yeah. So... <laughs> 8 p.m. comes around. I really want to connect with her. And I also want to get my needs met. I was feeling anxious and really stressed from um, we just everything. We back home. Yeah, everything I was doing. We just got back home from visiting her parents. And I had a huge to-do list mm -hmm. on my mind. So I wanted to relax. And in my mind, I'm like, connection, relaxation, play. These are some of my core needs. How do, can they be met? Oh, through board games. So I was like, this is my need right now. 
I need you to play board games with me, even though she was so dead tired. <laughs> and I eventually just like pushed it out of her, even though she was like clearly yeah. not consenting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Eden, my, my experience of you in that moment <laughs> was that your inner child got really activated and was mm -hmm. like, why that, that, that doesn't make any sense? Yeah, like, this I game was is so dumb. Yeah, you, I was doing it wrong. You were doing it wrong, yeah. and that really made you frustrated. And yeah. you said something about the game that triggered my inner child to be like, I bought this so we could play together, yeah. so we can have fun together. And you're saying it's dumb. You just gave up, even though, like, you, <laughs> we're just learning. Like, what's wrong? It was like, the first round. It was the first round, and <laughs> she was, like, so fed up. Again, it. it if you just imagine two nine-year-olds, that was <laughs> yeah. the situation. And what ended up happening is like, oh, this is a core need that I have mm -hmm. of playing board games and getting that fixed because it really supports my nervous system. Mm -hmm. Eden's core need is me leaving her the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> After like 7 or 8 no, p.m. especially. No, my, my with, boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My boundary is no board games after like 8 p.m. Yeah, yeah. That's the boundary uh, that is is now set mm -hmm. and solid. Yeah. So when I when I realized how important this need actually was because it manifested mm -hmm. in this frustration. Yeah. Um, it was like, oh, Eden cannot meet my need. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where can I get this need met? So now I've been organizing my or my own board game groups at home and. I have found an external board game group by mm -hmm. going through some of the, like the local community uh, listings and finding a group of people that consistently play games every week. Yeah. Um, so I have this new community, which is also awesome because I get to meet new people that are like coming and going in there. Uh, and that's a consistent group that happens mm -hmm. almost every single week. So I have that and then whatever I end up scheduling at my own place. Yeah. Um, and then that feels really great for me because then I know that I'm no longer responsible for meeting that need. Because in that moment, I was like, oh, I could feel your inner child trying to connect. And because I love you, I want to connect with you. I want to meet your needs, right? Um, but in that moment, I couldn't. I, I was exhausted. I couldn't. And I should have really just held firm in that boundary. <laughs> I think that we also weren't quite fully in our like conscious communicative selves. Um, so it was a little more challenging to hold that and be serious about it. Um, there was a lot of like, yeah, like it felt like we were kids poking each other, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that feels really great for me because firstly, when you have people here to play board games, I can choose based on my energy that day to opt in or opt out, um, which feels really great. And then when you're going out to the separate group, it feels like, oh, there's space. There's no, um, pressure for me to show up in this way. And I can actually just be my authentic self. Like last night he went out and played. Um, with that group and <laughs> before he left I was like get out of my house <laughs> get out of my house I want to be alone <laughs> yeah um, so that feels really great when you when you do take responsibility because that's what it is we're taking responsibility for meeting our own needs or finding different ways to get our needs met if we can't meet them on our own and our partner can't meet them um, that feels really great for both sides mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
So if if you think about that situation, if we weren't conscious mm-hmm. and it was just like, babe, like play this with me. Like I bought this so we can play this. Why the hell aren't you playing this? I bought this for you. It's like, oh, immediate projection, yeah. shutting down, you know, yeah. and. Uh, or the... me building resentment mm-hmm. over, ugh. I have to play this stupid game that I don't want to play because he wants me to and I guilt trip myself like, oh, I should want to do this with him. This is going to make him happy, so I should do it. Mm. And then I build resentment. And then, yeah, three months down the line, you ask me to play a game with you and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And then there's so much more resentment than just, hey, actually, mm-hmm. I don't want to play, you yeah. know? And with, with that being said, like non-negotiables are evolving as we grow and change. Um, I'm sure we're going to have a whole new list of things when we yeah. have this baby, mm-hmm. you know? And like things we really want and, mm-hmm. oh, okay, maybe things that were non-negotiables, you know, you know, go into the strongly desired section where it just means mm-hmm. like, oh, like they're not as crucial to life. Like you can now negotiate these ones because you're like, ah, oh, like my desires have changed. Yeah. And Especially that... as the relationship grows and deepens as well, mm-hmm. um, it's allowed, it's okay, and encouraged for for your um, foundations to kind of grow with you, yeah. and your wants, desires, and needs to grow, um, and from both sides. That's where like the devotion from both sides is really important. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like one of the biggest considerations of forming like a powerful healthy delicious relationship is that sheer dedication to growth Mm -hmm. so it's like oh yeah like we did that we've i think we've done like a non-negotiables thing in the past in a a long time ago but the thing is that that's constantly being revisited when we do relationship check-ins which is our like um if you do not know it's our um, consistent relationship ritual where we sit down, we ground, connect to each other, and then go through a series of um, a series of different categories where we talk about how we're feeling in the relationship. We clear the air on any things we withheld, any mm-hmm. resentments or things that didn't make us feel very good. Things talk we were ab- too afraid to um, voice in mm-hmm. the moment that it happened, but keeps lingering in the back of our minds. Yeah. Then we talk about, you know, sex, how sex is feeling, what we want more of, what we want less of, what we want uh, to see in our relationships. Mm. Um, And then talking about, you know, the wins of our week, like the small wins that we've had just to end on a really beautiful note of like celebration and gratitude. Mm -hmm. So it's like that's, uh, by the way, that will be available on um, my free relationship breakthrough course, which will be coming out Mm -hmm. uh, in the next few weeks. Um, if you want to know more about the relationship check-in, I will be uh, leaving a link to my account, uh, my Instagram account, where you can learn more. Um, but like that is dedication to growth because you're mm-hmm. constantly revisiting. Things mm-hmm. change. We change. The humans that we started as are not the humans that we are now. And it's yeah. not about finding somebody who can be your one and everything. So it's about finding somebody that can grow and evolve with you yeah. um, because we will not be the same people uh, one year from now, three years from now. It's about finding somebody that you can create a container large enough that's constantly growing to constantly hold both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where like these non-negotiables aren't just a one and done. Yeah. Like so many people think, oh, I'll just do this worksheet once. I'll be good. It's like, no, no, no. Growth is constant and it's always evolving just as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want that growth in your relationship, it's not just, yeah, one relationship check-in 
every six months, yeah. which is great. That's at least something. Yeah. Uh, but it's like one relationship check in every month, if not more, if that's what you need. Yeah. 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 It's like expecting you can you can plant a seed and then do absolutely nothing with it and like yeah there's there's a potential that 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 seed will grow and it'll turn into a plant um but if you are out there tending if you are first and foremost like nurturing and tending to the soil before you even plant the seed boom beautiful (laughs) and then you're coming out and you're watering the seed you know um and then as it's growing as this plant is growing you're you're taking care of it um that plant is going to look a lot different than the one that you just plant the seed and forget about right Mm -hmm. yeah how much time i got left baby (laughs) um yeah we can we can start wrapping it up if you want yeah. 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 Does that feel good? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so yeah, I would love to, I think what could be really cool and people of the podcast, let me know if this interests you, but I think at one point it could be really cool to even record a relationship check-in um, and share that. And of course, if we're like both open to being that vulnerable, cause it is very vulnerable, um, but sharing that and giving people a little peek into what that could look like and how that could feel and how we flow through and navigate that. And also like hearing how we communicate with each other, because I think that that's, um, it's, it's really unique and interesting, especially for people who aren't used to communicating in that way. I remember thinking, when I first was learning to speak in the way that we speak now, I was like, whoa, this sounds so like, not robotic, but just like, I don't know. It just sounds so different um, that it was, it felt foreign to me. It felt really foreign to be like, thank you for sharing. Like even saying, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand what you're- Are you being genuine? Yeah. Why do you have to say like that? (laughs) But like, I understand what what you're saying and I see that you're feeling X, Y, Z because of that. And can I share what that brings up within me, you know? It's asking permission, it's validating and seeing the other person while still maintaining strength in what you have to say. It's asking if the other person is complete, which is something that Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't, um, yeah, they don't really know. It's like, hey, are you complete? And people are like, what do you mean? It's like, are you done with the statement that you put? I want to make sure I give you enough space Mm -hmm. to say everything you wanted to say and I'm only going to speak um when it is my chance rather than you know some people that just barrel through conversations and don't Mm -hmm. leave room for other people to uh, you know get a word in um it's like oh wow like that that's cool that's that's a new one for a lot of people Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. so people of the pod if you Mm. would like to see us uh hear us and visualize us having a relationship check-in yeah I think that would be really cool. Leave a comment. I would love to see somebody else's. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm like, well, I'll do it because I would like to see it. I would mm-hmm. like to hear that. Um, and yeah, it just it gives a, a baseline, especially for people who are like, I have no idea what this is supposed to look like. I have no idea, um, you know, what this could even sound like to give an example. Like I love 
lived examples. That is how I like I live my life from like I I live the experience and then I learn from it, you know? Um I don't really like read the book and then think, "Oh, okay, now let me apply this to my life." I'm like I'm living it and then I'm learning from it and that is also part of my human design. Um so I love hearing other people's lived examples, um hearing and witnessing other people in it. Uh, so I think that could be cool. I think that could be really supportive. And for some people, they might be like, meh, I don't need that. Um, but for other people, it could feel really great. So that is just a thought. Um, but yeah, is there anything else that you would like to say and share before we sign off? I will definitely be putting the links to your Instagram. I'll put the link to your website. Um, and maybe what could be really nice is to have a link to sign up to your, well, I guess that's on your website, but I'll put the link separate as well, um, to sign up to your email list. So, um, when your course, your breakthrough course does go live, it can go directly to people's inboxes if they feel resonant with that. Yeah. You can go to my website, which will be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, when you sign up for my a newsletter you will also get 11 steps to deeper intimacy which is actually a condensed version i know eden mentioned it earlier in the podcast mm-hmm. uh, when we first met we did a relationship interview so rather than like an interview both of us came and added questions to this giant list which turned out to be like 22 questions yeah. so we would each on our own time answer those questions we would write them out answer them and then uh, we came together and went question by question, um, you know, reading out our individual answers and then discussing. And this mm-hmm. took us two full days to get through mm-hmm. 22 questions. Yeah. Um, so this 11 Steps to Deeper Intimacy is a condensed version of that with some really awesome um, instruction and safety and extra things I've placed in there for people who don't have that kind of um, experience. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking for a way to deepen your intimacy in your current relationship or with a potential partner, uh, when you sign up for my newsletter, that will be sent to you. Um, it's a PDF and you can print it off or copy down the um, questions and use that as an exercise to support you in deepening the level of connection and intimacy you have with someone else as well as if this is a new uh, potential partnership this will give you a much better idea on whether or not um, this is something you really want to commit your time and energy to Mm -hmm. so again you can see is that other person committed 100% to growth if you are committed 100% to growth because if you do you know this 11 steps to deeper intimacy with somebody new and you're like oh they're like 60% committed to growth but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a hundred percent. Is this something that I want to like push and also know that like, I can't force this person to change. Like they Mm -hmm. have to will it for themselves. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe that'll help me make this decision a little bit better. And if anything, it's also really great for singles to just jump into, uh, and do as an exercise, um, to, you know, better understand themselves Mm -hmm. as an exercise to get your foundation solid. So when you do figure out your non-negotiables, you see what you can actually meet and where you're lacking with yourself before you enter a relationship. Yeah, and all that being said, if you would like to uh, contact me, get to know me, anything like that, you can jump on my Instagram profile. 
uh, Florenzola at Instagram.com. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's... <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's Instagram.com forward slash. Yeah, yeah. anyway, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> Florenzola at Instagram.com. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, thank you for having me. This has been amazing to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. Lying down on our floor bed, looking at these beautiful <laughs> yeah. trees in our windows, our happy plants, our beautiful <laughs> home, my delicious woman. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really nice. I'm really glad that we scheduled it in um, to get it in because I really wanted to do this. Yeah, that's one of my non-negotiables. We did it. It's got to be in my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We block out the time. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for being the first guest on the Creating Eden podcast. What can I say? Um, I've popped that guest cherry. (laughs) I don't know if that's allowed. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But again, thank you. I love you. Love you, babe. Thank you to everybody for listening um, and supporting and witnessing and receiving. As always, I appreciate you. And yeah, I will. Well, you will hear me in the next episode.